Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation in with liberty and justice for all. Amen. 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 Catherine, this turkey tastes half as good as it looks. I think we're all in for a very big treat. (laughs) Save the neck for me, Clark. From the trees over your head to the lawn you hate to mow and everything green in between, Garden Mama's here to help you keep on growing. Still the empress of everything green. Here's your horticulture maven, Garden Mama Nellie Neal, on Super Talk Mississippi. You know, sometimes the holiday season is just upon us. I've got to tell you, though, I did not watch that movie again last night. I did, however, listen to the music. So here we go again. (laughs) Welcome to the Garden Mama Show, where we have to celebrate, you know, a few of the funnier things that happen at this particular time of year. I so, I, I really do enjoy diving into old movies, new movies, all of these crazy things that we do to to mark this particular time of the year. But you know what the best part is? The camellias are blooming. And at my house and probably at yours, they're going to begin getting a little more water this particular weekend, which is a very good thing. Won't last for too long, though. Tomorrow's going to be beautiful. But whatever it is that you're up to, it's going to look a little bit better after some rain. And I know that goes twice for, frankly, your collard greens and my green onions. And, yeah, the Brussels sprouts are still giving it a good go, so I hope yours are, too. That's what's happening here. That's the business of this program, and it's all about you. The Super Talk call line, 888-808-8637, 601 is the C Spire text line. And thank goodness... Because there wasn't a whole lot that was greatly photogenic at my house this morning. Trey has already sent plenty of beautiful pictures for supertalk.tv, so we're going to weigh in. (laughs) Now, I have to say, Trey knows, he always knows, that if you send me pictures of poinsettias, it's going to be even better. And this this is a beauty. So, oh, and good, we got another one now. (laughs) I have a few more of those. Uh, that are going to be some fun today. So please join us there. Oh, that one is beautiful. Time in Ocean Springs has a deep, deep, deep dark green leafed camellia with a big white flower on it that he dug up at his grandmother's. I'm I'm going to tell you to look up Alba Plana, A-L-B-A-P-L-E-N-A, and see if it's that one. That's a classic variety that could easily have been in your grandmother's garden, and that's what this flower looks like. Now, a completely doubled-up white camellia, I'm not going to say that's the only one, but since this is kind of a vintage plant, 
I'm going with Alba Plana. I'll send that to you in the text so you can get the spelling correct. <laughs> it's just one of those names that sticks with you if you really like. You, you understand, of course, that camellias are all named for something along the way, just like everything else is. But because they are particularly beautiful, we've named them some pretty classic things, and that is one of them. I have had so many pansy questions. Good heavens. Stop at the gas station. Go in. You know, here's my $5 or whatever I was spending. And she says, how come my pansies aren't growing? (laughs) Well, uh, is your soil heavy? Do you water? Have you fertilized? These are all the these are the questions of my life. And she said, well, the soil's not too heavy. But I haven't fertilized them. I said, well, give that a try. That sometimes, we, particularly if we have them in a potting mix, either the one that they came from the garden center in or one that we've got them in a container in, sometimes they just use up everything that's there getting established, and you need to start fertilizing them again. At that point, you want to use a – I think you really do want to use a balanced formula. That is to say one with three similar numbers, and then after you get the plants growing – you might switch to a flower formula. That would be okay, too. That is such a pretty camellia. (laughs) John, I don't know. (laughs) John and Florence, we've been talking about the color peach fuzz because it is Pantone's color of the year for 2024. And getting anybody to offer an opinion about it has not been particularly easy because it's such an obvious color. The, the things that they say about it are not what we all think about it. But I I don't I believe that the peach was named first as opposed to the color because, you know, peaches are not actually peachy. They tend to be a little bit darker than that. And the flesh, of course, is not, um, not is not the color peach either. He's so. getting philosophical on us this morning. Terribly. Yeah, John, John did perverse. that for us. John yeah, did that for us. Yeah. Just one of those Make things. Make us wake up. Well, how did lime get to be lime? Right. Okay. I mean, these are all the questions. It's the chicken or the egg theory. <laughs> we we don't we know go? the answer to these things no, sometimes, no. but they are very good questions. We we know that the first greenhouses, for example, that were built in England, they were glass houses because the plants that had been discovered in the tropical voyages could not survive the winters, of course, in England. And they built them and called them orangeries because they were intended for the growing of orange trees. Well, how come we don't still call them orangeries? You know, that's a lovely word, but we don't. We we moved into the, the more classic uh, greenhouse idea because you're trying to keep things green by putting them in the house. So that's one of those. I cannot begin to tell you how crazy it is, but Paul the Poinsettia is turning red in time for Christmas. This should not be happening. I have had... Many magical things go on in the plant world that that I'm happy to be part of. But this one's got me. There has to be, in order to initiate flowers, there has to be 12 hours of darkness or close to it, between 10 and 12, depending on the variety. And then it has to go on for six or eight weeks, and then you begin to see red at the center of the plant, each tip. And that's when you put it back into just sunlight all day and then regular nightlight because it's already initiated. We're basically coaxing them to get red sooner than they would in nature. Now, Paul sits in my office, and and there's been no cloaking or draping. The street light outside is on 24-7 sometimes. It's certainly on all night. Plenty of sunlight in that window. And yet 
each of the tips of the the beautiful beautiful branching which is pretty big has turned into a a nice bright red tip i'm tickled about it I, i can't explain it and it just tells me that sometimes there's magic we just have to go with the magic part well, I had a note from someone this week that said, you never do the story that you promote on the newsletter in the first hour. You always do it in the second hour. I said, you know, never and always are not really words in my vocabulary, or at least I try not to have them be there. But okay, here's the story. Now, for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, it is time to subscribe or renew your subscription to All Things Garden Mama Weekly. Send me a note, mamaonair at yahoo.com, and I'll give you information about that. It's not hard. But each week I do promote one of the stories that's going to happen here on the show, time permitting, because the show really is about you. I love this, though. How many species do you think there are in your backyard? Come on. A couple hundred? Five hundred? What do you think? Well... 60 days of surveys in with, with three housemates trying to outdo each other in inner Brisbane. This is in a city, okay? This is in uh, this is in Brisbane, Australia. What they discovered is as we have looked at previously in the pollinator plant relationships being different in the urban environment and sometimes more intense and sometimes more productive, we're also looking at greater species concentration and biodiversity all at the same time. After 60 days of surveying, they have already discovered 777 species. I think that's such a fabulously precise number that for some reason they decided to give it to us. 436 moth and butterfly species. You may not like this. 56 different spiders, 8 reptiles, and 56 birds in just in two months. This is great. I predict that this is going to be the next citizen scientist leap into understanding the biodiversity on our planet. Because if we can get people to do that all over the world, particularly in the urban areas, we've been much better at at surveying what's in the native land, as it were, land that that has not been disturbed. But in terms of the urbanity of us all, I think that might be a really good idea. The bird species, and you really just have to say this because the names of Australian birds are so fun. Tawny frogmouths, laughing kookaburras, blue-faced honey eaters, rainbow lorikeets, and the Brisbane favorite, the Australian white ibis. Blue-tongued skinks hibernated under the garage. So, of course, they had to go out at night to look for them. And at night, blue-banded and teddy bear bees slept in the hedges under the front window. I don't think we might find those two particularly, but I do know there's more out there than we expect. We should be looking for it. Suburban backyards, the next front in citizen science, I'm telling you. I have no questions in my mind that there's more out there than even I know, and I do pay pretty good attention it's, an, it's not about what you're trying to control either. It's about what's actually going on. And if I start digging up the soil, I'm going to find more things than I've even seen before. So I, I hope you'll do that. I hope we'll get that started right here. I am always happy to tell you about things that solve problems. I believe that we've got lots of problems and we need to solve some of them this year. In 2023, will be remembered as, to me, the, the tripart year. The year of incredible amounts of water in the springtime, incredible amounts of heat in the summer, and incredible amounts of drought going into, oh, I don't know, right now. Okay? Pretty serious stuff. And for that reason, 
Bob Bruzak, who is, of course, you all know, one of my gurus, landscape architect, professor at at Mississippi State, but I was I wanted to say an artist, but he's not he's an artist in his real life. He's a landscape architecture professor at Mississippi State and of course my native plant guru. He is promoting and I will be writing about and talking about drought tolerant trees that are in the native group that are plants that we really need to consider because yes we have lost some we, we have really, really lost trees this year. And we've lost, we're going to lose more because they have been infested by insects and therefore they have to get themselves out of our world in order to keep that from going from place to place to place. So, oh my goodness, look at that. Whose t-shirt is that? <laughs> at supertalk.tv. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. If you hadn't seen it before, all you have to do is get yourself to that particular address and you've got plenty of time to get one. We've got some left. And I do have a trivia question for the listeners today. Ooh, fun. <clears throat> I know it's a gray day out there. Yes. So we're going to go with some color and some fun. It's also bowl season. I don't know if anybody knew that. I do. That it's football time and we're, we're nearing the end, but you get this one time a year. Do you want to talk Heisman Trophy? No, well, no, you get 40, <laughs> you got 41 bowl games. Okay. <laughs> At least. So how many of the bowl games are named after plants or fruits or something that's grown so if you guys can figure that one out uh bring it on i don't know i've got a we'll give you peach to start with because we've already had um, john write in about peach that's the way we're starting so peach (laughs) is out of the way how many of those 41 games are um, a plant of some sort named after a plant. I can hear the, the key- keyboards clicking even as we speak. That's fun. Y'all tell me. I don't know. We're going to find out, though. I will tell you about one of the trees that I'm particularly fond of on Bob Bruzak's list, and that is that we were starting to get the guesses already. So you now you're going to have to find out, Lance, because I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> no, I'm working through it. I'm working through it. Yeah. 41 bowl games. Come on. Anyway, if you are not aware of black gum tree, then you probably live in Biloxi or Ocean Springs because it's not as popular a tree there as it is farther north from you. Most beautiful. Nissa sylvatica is the, the botanical name of it in case you needed to look it up for some reason. But it is one of the most beautiful trees that we have, and it is absolutely stately. It has beautiful fall color, has beautiful leaves all the time. It doesn't look like other trees. And so the question becomes, why would you plant it? You would plant it because you wanted a big, beautiful tree, but also because you wanted fall color and also because you wanted drought tolerance. So that's the one for today. We'll get on to the rest of his list as time goes by. Um, Wonderful, wonderful opportunity for us to talk about the trees that we can be planting right now and that there's a lot to be said for that i had another question this week of course about um as as i always do in december i want to cut the flowers off of my hydrangea and you know use them for decorating or just get them because they're starting to fall apart take them off the plant you can do that don't cut a whole lot more than that unless you're looking at panicle but for for example limelight those can be pruned in in winter i wouldn't this is the first week of winter coming up soon here so i wouldn't necessarily prune them hard now but they can be pruned winter and spring the rest of our hydrangeas are for the most part for almost every one of them should be pruned after they flower the big french hydrangeas for example that are the round-headed ones those and the lace caps as well because those are macrophyllic 
on they, they're, they're not paniculata. So that's one of the reasons we need to know a few of these words, even though they're kind of horticultural and kind of sound funny sometimes, but there are some things about it that are important for us. If you have a repeat blooming hydrangea, the, the big round-headed one, those actually can be pruned more often, really more often. Well, that's true. You know, sometimes when you dig something up and plant it somewhere that it um, has has been <laughs> has has been not so successful, and put it somewhere that it can, you're exactly right. Rich is absolutely right. That can be the biggest thing for it at times. <laughs> Y'all are funny. Y'all just continue that conversation. Talk amongst yourselves about the numbers, and then we will get the revelation along here. Pretty soon, pretty soon. I think I got the right answer, but I'm not going to share. Uh, you, I, I was going to say, it's I way know you're too not, early. It's way game. too early mm-hmm. for this one. And there are some that are food derived from plants. Those don't count. Oh, Only those don't count. Yeah, Only the plant count the food. Can't count the okay. processed okay, foods then. like a toastery. These are that his. Does not these count. are his rules. These are the rules. It's just <laughs> plants. Just the ones named after plants. So, in other words, sugar bowl won't count. Sugar is a plant. I mean, it comes straight out but of sugar cane. Well, yeah, it does. But the sugar cane's the plant. It's not the sugar cane bowl. We're celebrating the sugar cane on that one. So <laughs> that one passes. See, there's always there's always an if. And that's an old school one. we got to let that one slide. It's a sugar My bowl. favorite one. One yeah. of the very few Amen. I've ever actually been yeah, to. I love the sugar bowl. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I have a headline for you. I'm not going to tell you anything else about it. But it turns out that Viking dentistry was surprisingly advanced. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're going to drive home now. Come back with us, though. We'll be right back. <laughs> Driving home for Christmas, yeah. Well, I'm moving down that line. And it's been so long. But I will be there. I sing this song. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go license. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Hey, are you planning to get an updated COVID-19 vaccine? Yep, I don't want to get seriously sick and miss out on spending time with friends and family during the holidays. Does it cost a lot? I don't have insurance. If you don't have health insurance, or if your insurance doesn't cover an updated COVID-19 vaccine, you can get one for free with the Bridge Access Program. Just look for places that participate in Bridge Access on vaccines.gov. Sounds good. Bridge Access on vaccines.gov. A message from CDC. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Go with your gut. (laughs) 
Your dog's immune system is based in the gut. A diet lacking in nutrients can cause itching, scratching, and a weak immune system. However, there is a solution. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E. Dinovite. It took a grand total of two weeks. The dog stopped itching. The hair stopped falling out. Try Dinovite for free. Just pay shipping and handling. Learn more at Dinovite.com slash radio. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dinovite. Since 1871, Gaddis McClure Mercantile in downtown Bolton has been providing everything you need. Everything for your house, fencing, plumbing, flowers, lumber. Everything for your animals, dogs, cats, birds, chickens, cows, horses. And everything for your patio and yard. Bayou Classic Cookers, Wind Chimes, Orca and Pelican Coolers. We have most everything. 150 years of serving the community, family owned and operated. Gaddis McClure Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. We'll see you soon. This is Shelby with Two Men in a Truck. At Two Men in a Truck, we've added a new service option to our brand, junk removal. Whether you're deep cleaning, renovating, or staging your home to sell, our Two Men in a Truck junk removal option is perfect to get the job done. Our professionally trained moving and junk removal teams will load and haul away your unwanted junk for you. Visit twomenandatruck.com to learn more and get a free junk removal quote. That's twomenandatruck.com. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Imagine having all the money you need for retirement, all the income, every month, guaranteed. That's Secure Future Investor, an indexed annuity tied to growth in the stock market, but without any risk of loss ever. It's guaranteed money for life income, no matter how long you live. Call 888-509-2228. 888-509-2228. Sponsored by GP Agency, Inc., Raleigh, North Carolina. Licensed in all states. Performance may vary. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision. Well, if you're ready for everything to turn around and head back towards spring, we're almost there. The 21st, of course, is the winter solstice and the official beginning of winter, quote-unquote. We certainly see a lot more winter in February here than we see in December. But that's the good news. When the astronomical clock shifts, we are the beneficiaries. The, the moon has been so full this last couple of times that it's like it's brighter than the street lights outside my door. But it's really been a very, very dark patch. So now that things are going to be a little bit different, you won't be driving in the dark quite as much possibly. Um, by the way, is all that going to change? Are we going to finally fix the time <laughs> to one standard? I don't know. There's always a move towards that at this time of year, and then it goes away again when everybody wants to be out later in the afternoon. 
Rich says that uh, he, Rich is trying to, to mess with me today. Rich in Kentwood has sent some beautiful pictures of his gardenias, some other spectacular, the result of transplanting something that needed a better location. It's beautiful. But he's going to say to me that cabbage is looking great, especially for organic. That we can start an argument about. Here's the thing. You can sometimes taste a difference. You may be able to see a difference if you're looking at a whole crop between the ones that are grown with one kind of fertilizer and ones that are grown with another kind. But I got to tell you, that's a good looking cabbage no matter how it was grown. (laughs) So I'm going to leave it at that. You know that I'm in favor of and practice very sustainable things, natural source gardening products and natural Frankly, kind of old-timey ways of doing things. I I do pull a lot of weeds and know how to use a hoe of actually three different kinds. So there there's a lot of bits and pieces of gardening that go go directly to how you do things and what you do to them. And you know, I'm going to tell you that the best thing about that organic cabbage is that the next time soil that soil is used to grow vegetables organically, it's going to be even better than the first time. It's kind of the same thing as we what people will say, well, I tried to grow that heirloom tomato. Eh, it didn't do so great. Sometimes it's just because it's the first year. Sometimes because the tomato is getting established in your place, then when you take the seeds from it and grow them in your garden the second year, you're going to have a more successful plant. And sometimes we don't recognize that the benefits of, for example, organic soil building are the ones that go on for much, much longer. You don't have to replenish them as often, and the redressing of the bed tends to be a slightly less onerous process than having to come back in we don't usually till it all up all the way again and, and start with a fresh bed. We, we tend to build on what's there. And so that's a different another piece of the puzzle that's a little bit different. Well, my goodness, my goodness. I, I got it. I, I'm, I'm I'm that's a really good one. <laughs> Y'all are so funny. Thank you for that. Y'all send the funniest stuff sometimes. It's really a treat. That's why the Garden Mama Show is the best thing in the world, because we get to then we get to show you these silly things. You know, not everybody's got time to spend all day looking up these wonderful memes and whatnot. <laughs> Whew, we I, got a, I got one for you, though. It's a pet peaver. Right, yeah, this is a vent. How do you have a bowl named the Cheese It Citrus Bowl? You're trying to tell me you couldn't find somebody that had a citrus product out there that could, you know, fund this deal. You had to go with Cheese It's. Citrus bowl. I mean, I, you know. No, that does, that's not I mean, a good one. I that's don't like one of that. those that I'm just like, mm, and it's yeah, a good game. Like Iowa and Tennessee. But yeah. Pet peeve there. I don't I mean, like that one. I know I, I know how much orange juice costs. Don't, trust me. They could fund this I, I rec- bowl. I recognize that there are many things like that. There's There are some that have five names. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's it, – it, it's, Try try looking up, for example, the name of your favorite stadium professional level where it's been changed like six times in the last ten years. Try looking that up on your navigation. <laughs> You're not going to find it. Well, and you got the, the one that – I mean, it's, it's just like a – you know, I had to go look it up. But the Trans Perfect Music City Bowl, uh, that's one you – know, the Trans Perfect's a translating mm-hmm. company. 
Like, wow, well, yeah. they're making a big splash. <laughs> now we know what they are. Yeah. We're saying their name. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those you're like, okay, all right. Uh, okay, then. Well, yeah, then yeah. that means that they would be able to translate all of your dog commands exactly. into English yeah, immediately. or any other. Yeah, yeah. Anything. Any, or, or ducks, you know, when they're talking. Can you understand them? Yeah, I want, them to, I want to know what they're saying. The chickens with kazoos. Yeah, are they talking about me? Yeah. Are you eyeballing me, duck? Of course. <laughs> You've got the gun. They probably yeah. are. Are you eyeballing me, duck? <laughs> Well, here's something you didn't know people did. Johns Hopkins University is letting us know that there are hundreds of people who were willing to do this. <laughs> Presumably, they got at least a stipend for it. The, they were watching other people shake boxes. When, when we get to this time of year, I, I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. I'm one of those people that has been known on occasion to pack a bell in the box that is wrapped that you don't want someone to pick up and shake so that when they do, they're busted. Yes, I have done that. It's not enough to say fragile or, you know, put a little note on there that says don't shake this, but you don't do that because they're going to do that. As soon as you tell somebody not to do something, they're more likely to do it anyway. So there you are. And But, but doing this sort of thing, shaking boxes, is really much more interesting to the people that have have been watching the people shake the boxes, as it turns out, than it is by those who were trying to figure out something. It turns in the in the classic arc of this particular research, that is to say, where they started, where they went, and what they found out later. They they're think they're looking at things that we do all the time, but we haven't actually paid close attention to the 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 whys and the hows of it. Now we can see, just by body language. You can tell what they're trying to learn about their environment. When they ask other people to watch other people shake boxes, they've really just, it was like this. Oh, okay, well, that person wants to know if this has something in it. This one wants to see if it's heavy. This one's trying to figure out whether or not it smells bad. You know, there's there's reasons for picking up a box. The Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences has the research in it. Recognizing another person's actions is what we do every day. And our ability to interpret these things really does make a difference. You might be looking at things that are absolutely pragmatic, something that you're, you're reaching over here to get your, your glass of milk or you've got that box that you want to pick up and see what it weighs or how it looks. On the other hand, there are bits and pieces of stuff that are somebody's trying to learn something from it. They're not just wanting to experience that box. They're trying to say, well, what's in it? Does it shake? Did they put a Christmas bell in it, for example? Several experiments, they worked with 500 different people to see how this was going to work. And what really surprised them was how intuitive it is. So if it is intuitive to the majority of people tested, it is something that can be taught to people that are not so intuitive about it. It can be identified and it can be absolutely put into their world because it's a benefit, to know what you're looking at, to know why pe- why you think somebody's shaking a box and to actually be right about it is a really good idea. They're trying to figure out the differences between those looking at it, testing it, and actually trying to learn something from it that makes a, a whole lot of fun. That cauliflower is bigger than me at supertalk.tv, and that's beautiful. My goodness. Do y'all... You know, there's a funny joke about cauliflower lately. For those of us who have always enjoyed it, it's particularly funny. But my friend said the other day and posted on her Facebook page, you know, 
if cauliflower can become a pizza, you can do anything. <laughs> so have a little faith in yourself. <laughs> Those of you who don't like cauliflower turned into pizza, uh, you're with me. I, I, it's okay, you know. It's eh, but it's not. It's not entirely my thing. Uh, n- no, I do not plant tomatoes in the same place two years in a row, and I don't plant lima beans in the same place particularly the third year, but but the second year is not. Go ahead and rotate it the second year, then you won't forget. Um, it is one of the practices that we do traditionally. The reason for it in the case of the tomatoes especially is because they are very susceptible to a creature that one of those species that you can't really count because they're microscopic, but they are a tiny worm, a nematode. And the nematodes are present in our soils, but they are really attracted to the tomato root and the one that gets in there is called the root knot nematode. When that happens, which generally is the second year that you grow the tomatoes in the same place, there's not a cure for it. You don't know what's happened until the tomatoes get stunted and stop growing. And when you pull them out of the ground, their roots are literally covered up in what looks like um, pieces of popcorn or something. They're, they're, they're white knots. So that's, yes, we do that rotation. Lima beans are the same way. Not, not other kinds of beans, but lima beans. Really important. Oh, look how pretty. Some black-eyed Susans in bloom in Madison. That's lovely. I'm, I have to say Clara Curtis is um, still blooming, but I think the petals are all going to be gone after the rain today. If I can get lucky enough to get some rain, that will be a wonderful thing. Yes, 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 yes. Well, and, and what, what uh, Rich is telling me about his fertilizer is the absolute prescription that I would give to you. Mulches, manures, and uh, fish emulsion are wonderful combinations of things. But the biggest piece of all of this is that it composts. It sits for 18 months, and then they use it. You've heard me talk about the leaf pile at my house the size of the Volkswagen bus. It's uh, not quite that big this year. We did lose another tree. But the whole point is that I can dig from the bottom much sooner than I can get leaves out of the top. The whole thing does compost naturally, and I don't add a lot to it. I add a few things to it, but not not really a lot. So that's that's really fun to know. Black-eyed Susans, by the way, are one of those things that we can be digging and dividing. Um, if I ever get, and I think it, I don't know, if I ever can get the red-hot poker plants out of the soil that they're in, I'm going to get them dug up and moved around because they would be much prettier now that they're in the shade. They don't bloom much. So I have to get them moved out. But I have to tell you, the Vitex, it's all at the edge of the bed, and the Vitex has literally taken over all of the space. And I don't want to hurt the tree in order to get the perennials out. So this has become a a surgical method of (laughs) problematic plant removal. I'm going to get that done, though. I really am. Uh, and how is the next question? Been talking about these drought tolerant trees a little bit, and uh, I want to get into pig nut hickory. So if you've grown them, let me know. I, I think they're I love that tree, but not everybody does. And if you if you grow that one, let me know because I want to talk to somebody that does that particular thing. Looking at the weather forecast uh, going forward, we do have Lance who plays a meteorologist on the radio, but I'm just going to tell you that everything is moving along as people have predicted for several months. It's just not here as quickly. So that means that next weekend we, we look looks like we will once again have a wet weekend, and that's good and bad. You know, we're glad to have some rain, but 
most people would like to be out doing other stuff. So we just have to kind of go with go with the predictions, but you know, not too not too much, not too much. That's a funny one. Oh, good question, John. How deep is too deep for a compost pile? Kind of depends. The most efficient ones are actually three foot cubes. When you see, um, when, when you go to somebody's farm and you see a series of three foot cubes all the way down as far as you can see, that's going to be ready in about six weeks if it can be turned over a couple of times. That would be leaves to the point of two to one brown matter to green matter. Okay, that's the, the ideal mix and the ideal size. The rest of us are probably not going to worry about it getting done quite that quickly. So, we will turn it as as often as we can, maybe within a wire circle or in, in the case of my leaf pile, I don't do anything. I just let that, that particular pile go. The rest, it, it will take six months to a year for me to be able to dig out from the bottom of that. But the others are, can be, we, we speed up by adding air to the process, by having the right amount of leaves that can actually work together and be turned efficiently, which is about a three-foot cube. And also, of course, if if the whole thing gets too wet, you have to let it dry out. If it doesn't get wet at all, you may have to add some water to it. People talk about compost starters. I'm not as much into that as maybe a little bit of fertilizer at the very beginning. If you if you if you don't happen, I mean, you may have, for example, the tail end of some cottonseed meal or a little bit of some manure left in the bottom of a bag. You can throw that into the compost. That's not a problem. You don't want to overwork it, but you can stimulate it a little bit. And sometimes people will put other things in there that are going to come out in the product at the end. That that works, too. But I'm more in favor of taking what we've got and putting it into that three-cubic foot, three-by-three-by-three-by-three, three by three by three. and then if you can turn it once a month, all the better. It'll be there for you in about pretty quickly, actually. All right, now, if you're turning it weekly, you'll get it in six weeks. If you're turning it monthly, you'll get it in three months, even at this time of year. My goodness, it's Booker T, y'all. Listen up. Get in the spirit with us. Come on, join us here on the Garden Mama Show. Superior. It's more than a name. It's a promise that we make to our customers to provide you the highest quality U.S. farm-raised catfish at your favorite restaurant, your family reunion, or on your dinner table. Hey, this is Steve Azar, and I want to let you know that with Superior Catfish, you know the next bite is as good as the first, time after time, made possible by your friends and neighbors here in Mississippi. Remember, there's catfish, then there is Superior Catfish. Do you ever feel like you're in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators are sure you'll always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat, and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Energy for everyone, propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com today. We've sent that Rip Van Winkle guy to the dentist. Hey, what? Hey, what? And what's worse than a trip to the dentist? Your wife's paint project that you've put off. 
Let Seabrook Paint in Jackson and Ridgeland find that Benjamin Moore paint and a contractor that will get you back doing the important things in life, like grilling and watching sports. Seabrook, Benjamin Moore Paint, and a happy wife, happy life. Seabrook Paint in Jackson on Monument and in Ridgeland on West Jackson. First down. Garden Mama here. Lakeland Yard and Garden Center has what you're looking for in its full-service nursery and garden center, greenhouse, and garden shop. Meet the professional staff at Lakeland, always ready to help you with trees and shrubs and patio furnishings, tables and cushions for entertaining, as well as pumpkins and pansies, plus soils, mulches, and amendments for your landscape and container plants. Lakeland has seeds and plants for your fall vegetable garden, too. Listen to your mama now. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden Center, Lakeland Drive and Airport Road. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1 800 452 5050. That's 1 800 452 5050. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1 800 452 5050. That's 1 800 452 5050. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Details on example rate at selectquote.com. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com. <laughs> Save the neck for me, Clark. <laughs> You just have to say that uh, big band music will get you up. It even makes me want to get put on a dress and high heels, okay? And I am not Ginger Rogers. But you definitely want that whole big event kind of. I, 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 Brian Setzer does that to me. Cal Basie does that to me. Tommy Dorsey, all those people. I don't, I don't, I'd like it much better to think about it. I don't actually want to have to get up and do all that stuff. But. 
when you realize the power that it takes to put together a big band and then to have it tour and go and see people, good heavens, if they if anybody gets close to your neighborhood, go. <laughs> you need to see it. You need to see that kind of performance. I feel that way about marching bands. I'm just one of those people that... If you can get that many people, if you can herd that many cats, if you can get that many people to do something together, it's going to be more worthwhile than if it was just one person standing there smiling, you know. Speaking of all of that, we can learn from everything, can't we? That's part of my philosophy and yours, too, I'm sure, because every gardener wants to know more this season than they did last season, at least to get the tomatoes to be bigger or the collard greens to be sweeter or whatever it is. In parts of Africa, people communicate with a bird to the point where now scientists are letting us know about something called coevolution. We have known about this. It's just there aren't as many examples of it. As that have been studied that we really need to pay attention to. This is one of them. Cooperation between humans and wild animals to benefit both. Okay? So, here's the thing. The greater honey god, can you imagine what this, what this, what this bird does? The, the greater honey god is a bird that you can follow. And if you are the person that follows it, you will find the bee colonies and have the honey to be harvested. It actually works to the benefit of the bird, of course, too, because that partnership in, in turn gives the birds more opportunities to get to, to the food, too. But by watching us, we take care of them. We feed them more. They have even a better life than, than they would have had had they not begun to work with the humans. I like that. They eat the leftover honeycomb after it has been harvested by the people. Well, if the people weren't there to harvest it, there wouldn't be leftover honeycomb for the birds to eat. So you got to look at that and you got to say this. This is really more things might work better if we put them in a multiple point of view. Honey guides, though. Come on. I love that. Wonderful, wonderful. I have no honey guides at my house, but I do have really crazy squirrels lately. I don't, I, I'm, I'm not one who says, you know, the bigger the squirrel's nest, the harder, the harsher the winter, because I've seen it kind of go both directions. But mine, they're building nests in the trees on the edges, like over actually in the neighbor's yard. And I'm wondering if that's telling me that there's going to be a storm that's going to take down the tree they usually build in. Sometimes I think they're a little smarter than I am. And as I watch these things, I have to hmm, stop and think about it. Isn't that a beautiful camellia? Supertalk.tv. I'm, I'm not, you know, you camellias are hard to identify. And so all of y'all who do that for a living, so to speak, it's, that's your hobby, that's your thing, you will probably disagree with me because I only know. I only know a handful compared to how many uh, that you all know. But I do think it's Alba Plana. And it's a beautiful, beautiful camellia. This thing, one of the reasons we don't see that particular plant as often, I think, as we used to is because it gets huge. And not everybody's willing to give that much space to one camellia. <laughs> I think that's one of the pieces that we need to figure out. Something else that we need to understand a little bit more of that I don't believe we've been as well aware of as we probably should have been. You know, we talk all the time about giving a little bit of your garden, a little bit of your yard, a little bit of your space on this earth to a just genuine wildlife habitat. Now, I'm not saying you need to plant a, a quarter acre of, of something or another, but, but I do think 
if we can at least, you know, leave one tree a little bit wilder, let one shrub go to thicket, make sure that we don't do uh, do in all the elder elderflowers or all of the berries that that happen in our area. Maybe even leave, oh, I don't know, pokeberry and, you know, some of my other favorites there. We need to think about the water, though, and this year of drought has brought this concern to us particularly. North Carolina State University is telling us that when we are putting in water features, particularly because we want them to benefit the pollinators, we understand we've got to give them a place to rest, a place to nest, something to eat, and water. So that that fourth and equally important component has to be done in a, the proper way. What they found out by studying some of the uh, some of the older planting places, older water places, and also the ones that people have put in, is that we're not putting in enough jagged rocks at the edges for the insects to lay their eggs on. We really, really need to pay attention to that. M- more eggs that hatch into larval insects, of course, is better for stream restoration. And indeed, sometimes it can be slower than we expected. What we're learning now is that there are several factors involved in that, but one of them is that we need to be able to enable them to lay more eggs. So I love that. If you're building a water feature, for example, if you are putting in a a one of those, a beautiful dry bed that's going to be a little bit wet when it rains and a whole lot wet if it storms. Make sure that some of those surfaces for the rocks are, are above where the water will be. That will really do much, much better for the aquatic insects. I like that. I am, uh, I'm tickled to say that y'all are so fun. This is, uh, today is the, the, the 20, 250th anniversary, Ray tells us, of the Boston Tea Party. And uh, <laughs> it's soil. Your soil may have been too heavy, but we can probably, the, the herbs are not doing well at Ray's house in Clinton. You know, I think sometimes um, we do overwater them because we worry so much about them. I got to tell you, my oregano is looking a little bit pale, but I cut some last night to cook with. And once I brought it inside, it actually got a nice bit of color back to it. I think it was just dry from the wind around it. My times are okay. None of them look great, but as long as you're not watering them too much, they're not going to have a big problem. If you feel like if you put your finger in and the soil feels wet, then by all means move those containers out of the way of the rain that's coming today and and any any big rainstorm because you don't want to aggravate the problem. But beyond that, um, I'll probably just have to stop by and see what's going on. I don't if it's in clay pots and it's staying too wet, that's hard to do anyway. But if they're in plastic pots and they're staying too wet, you can certainly move the containers. That's what I would probably do. A little more from North Carolina in in their research world. Um, they, we, we continue to talk about water in their, their research lately. Wild turkeys, it turns out, are pretty tolerant of things. You may notice that when you go some, go places in, in our state, the wild turkeys are just absolutely beautiful, just spectacular things. But how many more we get, their reproductive success depends on a whole lot of things. Temperature and precipitation among them, and that's what they've been studying. The over the overturning of conventional wisdom oftentimes leads leads us to a different way of doing things, and in this case, 
the precipitation levels are really not related to any of this. So the whole idea that they were going to try and figure out what to do because of climate change has turned out not to be as important in the case of wild turkeys. You know how I am. I feel like the wild turkeys have been here so long, Benjamin Franklin wanted them to be the national bird. We're probably not going to mess with them. They're going to they're gonna take care of themselves, and we get to enjoy their beauty. Oh, oh, my goodness, look what this is. Wow, I like this one. You know, sometimes when the producer actually produces, you get interesting stuff that you didn't expect. Thank you, Lance. We'll be right back. Superior. It's more than a name. It's a promise that we make to our customers to provide you the highest quality U.S. farm-raised catfish at your favorite restaurant, your family reunion, or on your dinner table. Hey, this is Steve Azar, and I want to let you know that with Superior Catfish, you know the next bite is as good as the first, time after time. Made possible by your friends and neighbors here in Mississippi. Remember, there's catfish, then there is Superior Catfish. We are advocacy, a century of wins, protecting private property rights, advancing technology, sustaining our land, conserving our natural resources, all to pass on to the next generation. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at MSF. I noticed mom hasn't been herself lately. She's been forgetful and not remembering to take her medicine. After visiting the orchard, I knew it was perfect. The orchard is Mississippi's premier continuing care retirement community, licensed in Alzheimer's and dementia care for men and women. I know she's in good hands. It's safe, convenient, and most importantly, it feels like home. For that extra peace of mind, call the orchard today for a tour. 601-856-2205 or go to orchard retirement.com get ready for holiday feast season with pepto-bismol uncle Derek's here with his famous fried turkey hey aunt mary brought the mac and cheese donna's here with the potato salad pepto-bismol provides fast five symptom relief for unexpected stomach upsets so enjoy the holidays pepto has you covered no matter who made the potato salad when you have nausea heartburn indigestion upset stomach diarrhea Pepto-Bismol. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. I'm Caleb Sailors, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. A Vicksburg man will spend 30 years behind bars for trying to rape his stepdaughter. James Cole was sentenced on Thursday on attempted statutory rape charges. Cole is accused of molesting his stepdaughter, who was 13 years old at the time, on numerous occasions. He is reported to have tried to have sex with the minor, but was stopped when his wife caught him in the act. Cole will serve his sentence day for day with no chance of parole. A love triangle has led to a Mississippi man being shot multiple times. At least that's what Columbus police are reporting. According to Chief Joseph Daughtry, an unidentified man went to a home to talk to his wife. Investigators say the man tried to force his way inside and was shot multiple times by the homeowner. 
The shooting victim was airlifted to the University of Mississippi Medical Center for treatment. No charges have been filed at this time. Caleb Sailors, Super Talk, Mississippi News. We are the people, Mississippians. We are the land, growing food, fiber, and timber. We are there when you need us. From the roof over your head to the food on your table, we are small town, but big moments. Your next door neighbors. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation. 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services Tourism is the fourth largest industry in our state, generating over $7 billion in total spending and supporting more than 104,500 jobs. Danielle Morgan is the executive director of the Mississippi Tourism Association. Over the summer, we were number two in year-over-year growth in the United States in visitor spending. We're still probably in the top five Um, this month. So we have really seen where a lot of people really sprung back after the pandemic, but then they flattened a little bit, you know, with feeling the crunch of inflation. But we have really continued to um, to thrive and a lot and that's due to that kind of strategic investment and making a plan to not just recover but also be better than we were before stay up to date with all the latest mississippi news by signing up for our free newsletter at supertalk.fm forward slash newsletter with sports mississippi i'm Dixon williams last week is the Leonard Blackwell North South All Star Game. The South rallied past the North twenty to fifteen to increase their lead in that series thirty seven to twenty nine one loss in that series. And for the MVPs, it was Pedal Caden Berger was the South's offensive MVP, but Kapiki Union's Jabari McWilliams was the South's defensive MVP. Union's Keon Hutchins was the offensive MVP for the North, while Vicksburg's Tyler Carter was named the defensive MVP for the North in that one. Today will be the 37th annual Mississippi-Alabama All-Star Game will be played at Edmund Roberts Stadium on the campus of the University of Southern Mississippi in Hattiesburg. Kickoff is set for 12 noon. Last year, the Alabama All-Stars defeated the Mississippi All-Stars 14-10 in Mobile to increase their series lead to 25-11. and 11. This will only be the fourth time in the series that the game has been played in Mississippi. This is Sports Mississippi. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Are customers able to find you online? With the power of Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital, you can reach potential customers and get more referral and repeat business. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get Get started today. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all. 
costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investments by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go license. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Bowl season gets underway today. In fact, at 10 o'clock this morning in the Myrtle Beach Bowl, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Georgia Southern versus Ohio. Then at 11 o'clock, the Celebration Bowl in Atlanta, Howard versus Florida A&M. The New Orleans Bowl in New Orleans, Louisiana is a 115. Jacksonville State versus the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana in that one. The Cure Bowl in Orlando, Florida at 2.30. Appalachian State versus Miami of Ohio. The New Mexico Bowl in Albuquerque, New Mexico at 4.45. New Mexico State versus Fresno State. The L.A. Bowl will then be at 6.30. Boise State versus UCLA in that one. And the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana will round things out tonight. They will... That will be at 8.15, Texas Tech versus Cal, and that one, the first of 40 bowls not involved in the playoffs. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Before we begin, since this is Aunt Bethany's 80th Christmas, I think she should lead us in the saying of grace. Oh, oh. Grace. Oh. Uh. What, dear? Grace! Grace! She passed away 30 years ago. From the trees over your head to the lawn you hate to mow and everything green in between. Garden Mama's here to help you keep on growing. Still the empress of everything green. Here's your horticulture maven, Garden Mama Nellie Neal on Super Talk Mississippi. What a great day to be a gardener. This is when you're looking around and making the list. Yeah, we check it twice. Sometimes we check it three or four times before we actually do something in the garden. Bubba's got a good question. I like it. How come no red or white acorns? Well, he answered the question himself, however, because he said that that the drought has made it tough. We have seen fewer acorns in some places because of the drought and the heat, and in some places we've seen an abundance. So I think it's one of those feast or famine situations. On the other hand... If your if your deer and your if your squirrels have been really busy, they may have buried those those acorns farther away than you've ever found them before because of the changes in the weather, or something may have eaten them. That's always a possibility. I tend to think though that between the weather conditions of the summer and the fall, lots of places, lots of people are saying that they have less acorns, except for the people that have a whole bunch more and they're smaller. And that, of course, is the plant's way of trying to survive one way or another, either by withholding making acorns, in, or, in other words, just to hold the energy inside, or making yourself have the opportunity as the plant to proliferate a lot, even though they're small. So that's that's to my philosophy on how that's working. Beautiful wild turkeys, Trey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So nice. Corinne's in Jackson. This is such a great question. She has a fig tree. It's six feet tall. It's three years old. It does nothing. <laughs> and she does prune it, so it just keeps growing leaves, but it's not making, it's not moving into fig world. 
Fig World can take four years. That's not a surprise in, in the sense that it's nice and healthy and happy, but it can take four years before a fig begins to make figs. She's I'm curious to know if using a fertilizer stake is a good idea. Couldn't hurt from that point of view since the tree's not doing anything. I would say after the January pruning, that's certainly a time to fertilize figs. So, sure, I would go ahead and do that. The other thing that she says is she's considering doing the old-fashioned, I can't get this tree to do anything. I'm I'm going to, to whip it into shape. And people do that because it shifts the oxen flow. So, sure, since the tree's not doing what she wants to, but a three-year-old fig is a young fig. So if yours is three years old and not quite doing what you want it to do, do a little bit of light pruning in January. Do a little fertilizing, but wait to to start um, slapping on the tree for maybe another year. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Sounds funny to talk about that, I know, but it is in fact true. Beautiful, beautiful mulch piles, gorgeous. Y'all are so sweet to show me. Thank you. And and yes, Andy, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> Y'all are great. Have you ever studied or wondered about? How things stay warm in cold water, how creatures stay warm in cold water. Have you ever wondered, for example, how penguins don't freeze to death? Well, in the case of penguins, there's a whole lot to be said about the insulation effect. Their feathers are different from everybody else's or most everybody else's. They have shafts that work much like you would put um, dead air in between two layers of plastic to cover your greenhouse, the penguins have shafts of air that fill up and get and hold the warmth that they they've maintained, so that then it, they don't lose it as quickly. It's an insulating system within their their feathers that just is their thing. Well, seals don't have any feathers, and yet they stay warm even though they are kind of big and massive and come into a lot of contact with all that ice and one thing and another. Well, what do you think? How do they adapt to that? What have they managed to do? Like an awful lot of other creatures, it turns out to be a nasal development. That's right. Arctic seals have much more convoluted nasal passages than their relatives that don't live in these environments, that live where it's milder. Interestingly enough, it it not only helps to breathe in and out, but it is a heat retainer. Isn't that great? I love that, that we're, we as human creature, humans and other creatures have been able to develop so many adaptive mechanisms, but this is one that we didn't know about. Seals retain, Arctic seals retain almost 100%, more than 90% of the water that they breathe in and out. So, it's got to be then recovered, okay, during exhalation or they wouldn't be able to live through it. In colder, dry environments, animals lose heat and moisture just by the act of breathing, as you can imagine, because you're breathing in and then you're letting it out again. But we have complex bones inside our nasal, nasal cavities. We do, most mammals and, and most many birds, not all of them, but many birds, have these maxilloturbinates inside of their nasal cavities that help to moderate that risk, okay? But we haven't really known how it worked in seals until we were able to get hold to x-rays, MRIs, and being able to look at this incredibly crazy. This energy dissipation is tremendous in the Arctic. Every, every bit of energy that they are not able to hold on to, of course, you have to replace with food. Well, the food sources are few and far between in the winter, too, and most of the time in the Arctic. So 
interestingly enough. That's true. Um, this is this person says. We'll just say that it's you know, I don't know. Bob and Belzona says that that I've heard of whipping okra plants, but never a tree. Yes, the trees are kind of the classic one that we hear about um, is crepe myrtle because it's you know, got a line of 12 crepe myrtles and the fourth one from the right has never bloomed even though they were all planted at the same time. They're treated exactly the same way and they have all the same advantages and disadvantages. But the fourth one from the right won't bloom. Now, some of that is, of course, the innate perversity of order because without chaos, there is no order. So we have to have some chaos to make that thing look otherwise orderly. But... When we get, see, we're going into the philosophy thing again. But when we're looking at why that plant won't bloom, there's not a lot of reasons because it's being treated the same way as all the others. That's when we begin that process of trying to move the auxins. The most dramatic example of this that you'll note that you'll see or that somebody will show you in their garden is a, a rose that never bloomed until they let the canes grow up and then bent them down. And when they bent them down, they changed the oxen flow within that cane and suddenly the next year it bloomed everywhere. So that's something to, to consider. But yep, yep, I've heard of okra. I've heard of trees. I'll tell you what, we do some crazy things, don't we? <laughs> but there are um, this is fun stuff. Now, love, 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 love. It looks like you're in my daughter's backyard in New Orleans, Tim. Um, I don't know that what, what you what you're looking at here is more than likely. It, it's more. It could be an orange tree, and if they look like oranges and they taste like oranges, the answer is yes, they're oranges. Louisiana sweets would be delightful. They would be the sweetest orange you've ever had. They're not a navel type. It's just a beautiful orange, but. It's going to, for a few more years. It's going to be a little bit too chilly in Byram. You would need to grow this in a protected environment, either in a greenhouse or in a container, so that you could bring it in and out. Uh, that's a beautiful tree. I, I believe that my daughter's is a seedling that came up from something else because it's a little bit odd. It's not quite a Meyer lemon. It's not quite an orange, but it has a really good flavor to it that is pretty distinct. And we're we're in, we're appreciating that this year. Really neat though. Pretty, Tim. Nice, nice tree. Yeah, that's right. They even grow grapefruits on trees in some parts of the city of New Orleans. Not out in the suburbs, but some places. <laughs> We're going to try and stay um, a little bit, you know, festive, a little bit on the subject maybe at this one. Utah State University has the Quinney College of Natural Resources. I had never heard of this, but I'm really glad they're there. They are doing research on expand how the expanding populations will impact the future ecosystem of the Svalbard Islands. Okay, this is important. Where if you if, if you're not aware of it, we had to study these things at in last century, the, the earlier part of the 20th century. We had so many deer, for example, on the islands in the Mississippi River that they could not support themselves. The population grew weak. The the numbers grew thin, and it was just not a good situation because then we had to manage them. We had to make sure that we were taking care of them to provide enough environment for the creatures that were there. Well, that's what they're trying to figure out for the Svalbard Islands in this particular case because they, they realize that there's this is the whole the, these two current time, types of animals, the reindeer as well as the geese, 
have a really, between mainland Norway and the North Pole, it's all about high tundra consumption. You know, that's where the, what they, where they live and what they can eat. And there's not a lot of it that's palatable. So trying to understand how to build this archipelago to support these populations is a big deal. And, of course, we understand that the system is changing a bit and so, therefore, is more vulnerable. Reindeer have been year-round residents on these islands for thousands of years, but they just about got done in. They tend to be very docile. They tend to be extremely sedentary. And so, as a result, they were a little too easy to hunt. Miners and trappers and everybody else relied on reindeer for food and realizing that when we got into the 20th century, they understood that they actually, it's, it's not just for the sleigh, but they needed to be able to slowly recolonize in order to extend full protection to the animals in order to keep that resource from being lost to that culture. Okay, it, they're part of the ecosystem. They needed to be there. Well, the barnacle geese come through and make temporary homes there on the Svalbard. But guess what? They eat a whole lot. So this whole business of trying to keep the geese from outpacing the rebuilding of the reindeer population is very much what we all see each time we try to do a conservation project. That's why I'm so happy that there are people measuring these things, keeping up with them. We don't want to do them if it's useless. But on the other hand, if, like our deer populations in our own Mississippi River, on those islands, if we can, in fact, recover the populations for the reindeer and make that a better situation in the Svalbards, well, we should do that. They certainly deserve a place to live, and I, I, I like that notion. I will, um, of course, be bringing you some more fun next weekend. We're going to be here. I'm happy to say that the calendar allows us, uh, all of y'all be talking to people that are coming in from out of town, going from one place to the other. But you can tell them all about the Garden Mama Show because they can listen as they're driving through the state, and then they can download the app and take me with them wherever it is that they're going. And, and they can also brag on our forecasts our, of our, course. Yeah, on how Absolutely. good we are at We're, knowing it's a 100% chance of rain in the metro area today. <laughs> Um, yes, so, yeah, it please, is. Please let everybody know. We do that without Doppler. We, we do. We have big That's windows. That's how good we are. Oh, my goodness. Trey's Backyard is an interesting place. We're getting pictures now. Um, this, this is fun. We're, 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 out, we're past the turkeys. We're into the deer. <laughs> They're all in the backyard. <laughs> man after my own heart here. Oh, goodness, turkeys and deer in the backyard. He's just watching it on the yep, game cam. Love it. Back and forth. That's really fun. That's great stuff. Thanks for showing that to us. I appreciate it. I don't know a great deal about yoga. And I don't know even if I should be talking about this, except that people are always trying to figure out better ways to get some sleep, better ways to get better sleep. And I remembered about some work that had been done in Delta Waves of Deep Sleep. So when this story popped up, I thought, well, I need to see if this is connected. And it is. Two weeks of 20-minute yoga nidra sessions led to higher percentages of Delta Waves, which is one way that we measure deep sleep and its quality. And that, in turn, based on pre- and post-testing, led to better memory and uh, of course, 
the also the the whole business of being able to grasp abstract thoughts two things that don't seem to go together that you can put them together and get get where they connect those are the some of the things that we lose if we don't sleep well poor sleep quality also of course affects decision making i'm 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 famous for this if I take a nap in the afternoon, there better be something to eat when I get up because I will go in and graze on whatever is in the kitchen. That's not always a good idea. So particularly if, you know, you're trying to, like I am, you're trying to keep those things under control. But the the truth of the matter is when we sleep deeply, we do eat better. We have improved memory, and sometimes we're even better able to improve our testing in cognitive messages, cognitive abilities. Pretty interesting stuff. Now, what is this? Well, of course, yoga that you have come to understand about is about physical postures and the control of your breath and the control of the positions of your body. It is an opportunity both for expanding flexibility and also expanding the ability of your mind to focus on one or two things at a time and sometimes nothing at all, which, believe it or not, is very healthy. But in this case... What you're doing in this case, it is a, it's usually a, a tape. It can be a group of people, but usually you're doing this solo. And it's about the relaxation that we can do consciously to ourselves is what Yoga Nidra is all about. Conscious relaxation, lying down. You do this twice a week and, and apparently it's going to result in the better sleep and improved memory. Anybody's doing this, let me know. Um, I'm, I can't, I have to tell you that I'm not a good practitioner of this. I tend to, kind of run at the wall and then I fall asleep (laughs) but but those of you who have a better more stepped program for going to sleep may find that this is helpful and if you do I wish you'd tell me because I would like some inspiration it could be a lot of fun yes we have uh, we have other folks that are it's a cat three or better tornado if that weather rock is going I've always appreciated that one. And, and I have to tell you that your, your baby Yoda is giving me the fits this morning. So thank you for that. I'm going to say that that's, uh, I don't know, Marion Mendenhall. Appreciate you. Tell me your name. I'll call you by your own name or the name that you give me. It doesn't have to be your name. But anyway. Yeah, I think that you are, um, I, I think, I think that the, the, the Christmas music festival, Christmas film festival, which will be going on all of this week, of course, you're going to get a lot of votes, Lance. You, you got so many, so many good ones, but I think we might have to go see a new one. What do y'all think? Yeah, is anybody going to go see a new Christmas movie this year? I'm, I'm, I have one or two I'd like to see. I might yeah, get there. I found there. Fred Claus is awesome if you're looking for a kind for of... Fred Claus is, has, a, has a great popularity. Um, anyway, I, do you like bagpipes? We like bagpipes. Come on. Our agriculture, the number one industry in Mississippi. We are 180,000 member families strong, a century of generations. We are grassroots Mississippi in all 82 counties. 
We are Unified, the largest general farm organization in Mississippi. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. Hey, are you planning to get an updated COVID-19 vaccine? Yep. I don't want to get seriously sick and miss out on spending time with friends and family during the holidays. Um, does it cost a lot? I don't have insurance. If you don't have health insurance or if your insurance doesn't cover an updated COVID-19 vaccine, you can get one for free with the Bridge Access Program. Just look for places that participate in Bridge Access on vaccines.gov. Sounds good. Bridge Access on vaccines.gov. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. We've sent that Rip Van Winkle guy to the dentist. Hey, what? Hey, what? And what's worse than a trip to the dentist? Your wife's paint project that you've put off. Let Seabrook Paint in Jackson and Ridgeland find that Benjamin Moore paint and a contractor that will get you back doing the important things in life, like grilling and watching sports. Seabrook, Benjamin Moore paint, and a happy wife, happy life. Seabrook Paint in Jackson on Monument and in Ridgeland on West Jackson. First down! My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1 800 452 5050. That's 1 800 452 5050. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1 800 452 5050. That's 1 800 452 5050. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Details on example rate at selectquote.com. Gallo here for Baroni's Tree Pros. My friends at Baroni's Tree Pros put customer satisfaction as the only way to leave a job. Nothing less than the best service you'll find in the industry on tree removal, tree pruning, stump grinding, debris cleanup. You got questions? Baroni's Tree Pros will give you a plan, time frame, and budget that's perfect for you. Free estimate at 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. Or it's online at baroniestreepros.com. Is it a hair replacement system, or were you born with it? This is Dr. Michael Konofsky at Mississippi Hair Restoration. In addition to surgical and medical treatments for regrowing hair, we now offer virtually undetectable wigs, lifts, and extensions. Plus, we welcome cosmetologist Paige Cockrell. She has 30 years' experience in custom matching and styling hair systems. So for fuller-looking hair or a solution during illness, Mississippi Hair Restoration has your head covered. A wilderness can be scary, but if someone is with you who knows the way out, you're not really lost. In the wilderness, but not alone. This week on the Lutheran Hour. Each Sunday morning at 7 on Supertalk 97.3.
thank you so much for being part of the Garden Mama show today. Y'all are filling my head as well as my text screens (laughs) with great joy. And tidings of good cheer as well. Y'all are terrific. This is fun. Greg in Madison has root-bound asparagus ferns. Now, he he. This is really smart, by the way. You know, everybody's um, everybody's mama has something to say, and his mama in this case agrees with me. So of course, I think she's smart. There, they get root-bound. Uh, mama said, take them out of the pot. And cut them way back, replant in new soil after you divide the roots. So I think that's exactly right. But I will tell you this. If you do that, every time they get a little bit more grown and they're going to get bigger and bigger, you will end up with either lots of pots of them or you'll end up with a really gigantic container full of this stuff. So I'm going to give you two suggestions. The first is you tell me that you've been bringing them inside and outside with the weather. I'm going to say treat these as houseplants once we get to where the weather is going to be below 40 degrees for any length of time, and that would be like now, because they're really pretty inside, and they will go to berry. And you can you can put them outside, but if you're going to grow them in containers and bring them indoors, bring them in and let them stay in. Fertilize them indoors. Give them the opportunity to grow, and when you repot them the next time, go to plastic pots. These are in clay pots, which dry out faster, which creates faster root growth, which means that they not only grow faster, they also dry out quicker. Asparagus ferns, as you probably know, have really thick roots, and that's one of the reasons why they have to stay hydrated. We don't want them to stay in water necessarily, but they do need to stay hydrated. And for that reason, I think you'll be better served by cutting them back, as you're talking about doing, Dividing them and going into plastic pots. You may have enough for any 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 upcoming plant swap. You will have plenty. I do. Do y'all like peacocks? I really like peacocks. These are just beautiful. Um, we've been looking at wild turkeys today, and now we're looking at peacocks because people have those too. You know, Rich has got some of those. I'm going to tell you my story about peacocks, and it's a it's an oldie. There's a there there was a place in. North Mississippi, north of Tupelo. I will not try to give it away. It's it's just it just is. I went there to do a story with the wonderful Margaret Gratz and the terrific Hardin Phillips photographer. I was more or less along to write, but they knew where we were going and I didn't. And when we got to where we were going, the first thing you heard when we got out of the truck was the peacocks. They roamed this place. They lived in this place. Guess where they lived? They lived up in the tops of all of the trees, which were the surrounding environment for this fellow's cannas. He grew, he had, he had gotten a new canna variety for his mama every year since the beginning of time, I think. And he not only had the native original beautiful cannas which i love that are not so fancy but he also had really really fancy ones of all heights and in gigantic clumps so between the beauty of the cannas which was raucous every color in the world every just beautiful things and the shrieking peacocks this was not the quiet garden that you think about when you consider going into the country to go to someone's garden you usually think oh well that'll be nice we'll sit around and enjoy the breeze no no you're going to listen to the peacocks and pick up all their feathers that are falling all over the place so beautiful creatures and really quite able to live in our part of the world as it turns out (laughs) all right now we're going to move on along to Thank you very much. Appreciate all of that. Um, 
let's see, the potting soil recipe, yes, they're, they're, I'm going to give it to you in long, in short form now. And if you want it written down, just send me a note, mama on air at yahoo.com. Or if you get the newsletter, uh, week before last, I believe, is when I had it, I put it in the newsletter so you can find it there too. There's, this is all based on, Mixing in something about the size of a wheelbarrow and starting with one big bag of really good potting mix. You take that, dump it into the wheelbarrow, then use that same bag to mix a half a bag of compost, I have a quarter bag of manure, a quarter bag of sharp sand, and then one other thing. It's usually going to be another form of organic matter. Might be your leaf mold, might be ground up soil conditioner, just some other different sized particle. When we mix organic matters together, we're always trying to get different sized particles because that makes a better surface for the roots to fall on and also for the water to be absorbed into. So you're going to do that. Then for that same size, that one bag depth, you know, of, of the mix with all these other things in it, you need to take about a cup of garden lime. Not dog yard lime, not hydrated lime, garden lime, preferably dolomite if you can find it, but garden lime in any case. Put that in there. Then if your fertilizer that, I mean, if your potting mix that you began with did not have fertilizer in it, you can certainly put in between a half and a cup of your favorite granular fertilizer just to make the whole thing go faster, go better. If that's okay. If it already had fertilizer in it, you're probably not going to need to do that. Okay, but as I say, if you want that in a former, more formal way, it's in the poinsettia issue of the All Things Garden Mama Weekly, or you can just send me a note and I will send it to you. Thank you for asking. Well, you know, there are not a whole lot of people that are professional gardeners, but this one is real glad that he did. I have never owned a Hermes bag, or Hermes, as they say in the fancy world. Isn't it Hermes? Well, that's what you, depends on who you ask. Well, I, we had If a, you're we, able to spend that amount of money, it's Hermes. Yeah, Hermes. Okay. Yeah. If you're not, it's Hermes. Hermes. We had a case of this stuff at a, a place I worked, and the guy that had it was the most colorful individual I've ever met, but it was his mother's. That's stuff. a nice way of saying. No, he was just the funniest, <laughs> most a, a kind of eccentric, eccentric, very unique guy. But it it had all been his mother's stuff, and she was a collector. And she had, when she passed away, quite a bit of Hermé uh, scarves and all this stuff. She was one time worn, and then she would put it up to save it. And so he put it in a glass case as a display with the prices on it that were like literally no one would ever pay for it. I understand. But it was fun because people would walk up, you know, in the hotel and be like, oh, yeah, I don't, that <laughs> I don't is think beautiful. so. How much does that go? We'll call him. It becomes and a collection. It, it was. It was, a, it was more yes. of a collection that yes. it was on display, but if you were crazy enough to spend the money on it, more he would power be to he'd be Yeah, more, he would be happy. Yeah, but the see. numbers were way out there. And he was, like I said, he was the funniest guy because you could tell he really didn't want to sell it, but he did want to display it. But if somebody, well, yeah, but and, and that's that's the whole I thing. I learned a lot about you, Hermes, yeah, yeah, what are you going to do with all of that? Now it turns out that the person that we are talking about, actually, the heir that is uh, has has made all of this noise, the eighty year old heir Nicholas Pish, is in fact only about five percent of the empire of Hermes is his legacy. Uh, <clears throat> that's worth a lot of money, and in fact. The uh, the whole his his he's really just you know fifth generation descendant, okay. So it's like there's the whole bunch of these people. His part 
the 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 entire fortune is over two hundred billion dollars. His part is not really so much. He owns between five percent or so of the whole business. So it's about ten. Yes, that's right. Billion dollars. So why am I telling you all this? I'm telling you this because he adopted his 51-year-old gardener. That's right. He has That's no, the guy that he, did this. He we has no the- children. He has no descendants. And he's only giving him half of it, but he's giving his gardener half of that fortune. The gardener has not had any uh, comment, needless to say. Yeah, he's but, speechless. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. He's. I mean, he, he and his wife, who is someone he's, that happens to be from Spain, and their two children are going to be very, very wealthy. And I'm, I'm sure that there are other people in the legacy here that are not going to be too happy about it. But guess what? It's his money. He can do what he wants with it. But he's splitting it um, between the gardener and the, the other part of the thing. But he is adopting the gardener formally. So did anybody have that deal? Anybody got that deal? No, yeah, I'm not in on that one. I guess not. Uh, I'll take it, though. <laughs> Give me a holla. <laughs> Thank you, Vivian. Appreciate that you got your T-shirt. They really do look good. Y'all have been sending me some sweet pictures. Um, lots of folks decked out in the Garden Mama Show T-shirts, and they look really good. Some with very funny faces, as a matter of fact, and some with very serious profiles. So that's been fun. Y'all are great. That's a lot of geese, Rich. Um, I got to say, the... Um, yeah, that's a lot of geese. Wow. The whole thing of how critters get along with one another, now I'm thinking immediately of the peacocks and the geese on the same property. <laughs> it's like, I guess the peacocks probably stay up in the tree and the geese don't, maybe. I don't I don't know. Well, the geese, they, they definitely have an attitude. They definitely yeah, they, have. They, so they, do the peacocks. I love watching the geese when they have the little goslings with them. Boy, they will let you know It's a very you know serious situation. It. Yeah, it's a very will. serious situation. And you're watching them guard them as they walk. You know, across, they'll have sure. one in the back, one in the front, and then the little, you know, five goslings just da, 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 uh, And it's, it's like wa- you know. watching teachers take kids to uh, and, and lunch at school exactly, or something. Exactly. And, and the geese are one thing. I have to give you that, that the ugly duckling is has to be my very favorite childhood story. And it was a joy for me to go to Boston and, and see the ducklings actually in the park, just like they are in the book. They're made out of bronze. They're not live ducklings in the city. Don't worry. We, we, we know that that's not safe. That's how come the story is so great. It's because they make it. But one of the things that we always have to understand is that just like the crawfish were here first at the reservoir before you built your house and tried to have a lawn – the ducks and the geese and all of that were probably where they are, only they were there sooner, you know. So give everybody a little bit of a break. I wanted to talk about the pignut hickory, so I'm not going to forget to do that. It's another of the drought-tolerant trees on Bob Bruzek's list, and it is a lovely tree. It's it's one that I'm pretty fond of. Um, let's see. The Mike from Boonville, hey, Mike, has uh, a peace lily with half brown leaves. If half of the leaves are entirely brown, it is probably that you have overwatered the plant. And it's if you put your finger in the soil, it's probably still wet. On the other hand, if half of the individual leaf is turning brown, you have a dry problem. So figure out what that is. And if your plant is real, real crowded in its container, you certainly can repot it into fresh potting soil. If it's not real, con- real crowded, you may want to repot it in fresh potting soil, but put it back in that same pot. Um, peace lilies like diffused light. That is to say a bright window without direct sun is plenty. They don't need it more than a few hours a day at the most. 
They also don't need to be overwatered, but they don't need to be disturbed too much. The the two that I have that, or as, as I talk about them here, more than 20 years old, didn't intend to have that plant, but now that I do, they're they're in bloom. They're they're in my room at my house, and they get. I open the curtain and they get some light, but they don't get direct sun. So it's a it's a good spot for them. Forgetting to water them is probably good, but don't let them wilt. That's that's the other piece of peace lilies. They don't like to wilt, but they will. You know they'll they'll they will do okay. Um, that's fun. Let's see. Boop doop doop. We'll okay. We'll get all that together. Oh, good grief! Somebody was asking yesterday. I, I didn't even. I forgot all about this. This was yesterday evening. Somebody was asking me why in the world I think they have their first grandchild. How come when you have your first grandchild, or even when you have your first baby, suddenly everybody talks like this, and we go into sing song, and we want to read. If you give a mouse a cookie, and we want to read Good Night Moon, and we want to do all these things in a very high-pitched voice, why do we want to sing? We can't sing. Why are we going to make that baby have to listen to us sing? Well, it turns out that these bits and pieces of phonetic information are actually what happened to us as the precursors to language, okay? These are the teeny tiniest little bits. We we probably, you probably thought, I probably thought, that language comes about when they've absorbed enough to be able to say mama, papa, something, you know, something that we can recognize. Oh, no. It goes way back before that. Babies learn from rhythmic information. We've already seen studies that talk about how much we need to, to talk more to children and that the, the sing-song voice is not necessary, but they do hear things in a slightly more upbeat voice easier than they do, say, a rich baritone or bass. Not that they don't love that. They they certainly do, and they get used to it. But what, when we're talking about that communication part, we're talking about the changing emphasis of the syllables and the the formation that found that makes the foundation of the language. Those are the things that you're talking to the baby even before it's born, right? So all of these things are important. So don't make fun of us when we talk to the baby or when we talk to you when you're pregnant. It's okay. We got to put the language in there. Or it won't ever get in there, and you don't want to wait too long, do you? Come on! Everybody wants to think about learning, helping babies learn to speak, helping babies learn to listen. Both of those things are important. Rich and Kentwood, that's amazing. I had a feeling I was gonna—I would have guessed three hundred. So there we go. <laughs> See, we're having a good time today. This is the Garden Mama Show. Nowadays, more people are cutting the cord, ditching traditional cable and satellite television, and instead, just streaming everything. With Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's over-the-top advertising, you can get your business seen on streaming TV. 
Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted team can show you how your ad dollars can go further to reach a more targeted audience. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. If you are building a new home or remodeling an older home, Amazing Propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven, propane fireplaces, and even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. If recent hailstorms have invited Lurk the Leak into your home, call the experts at Watkins Construction and Roofing to find out what is lurking in your roof. Our rapid response roof team will be on top of your roof as soon as the next business day with a complimentary, honest assessment of your roof's condition and offer solutions to keep your home and family safe. Say goodbye, Lurk the Leak. Call Watkins Construction and Roofing today at 601-966-8233 or visit LoseTheLeak.com. What do you have to lose but your leak? Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden Center. Brighten the coming fall days and spice up your porch with the magnificent colors of cushion mums in bud and bloom. Lakeland has them. While you're there, be sure to check out the large selection of tropical plants and citrus trees for your sunroom, too. And don't forget to pick up winterizer for your lawn. Fall feeding promotes deep root growth and helps your lawn weather the winter. Listen to your mama now. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden Center, Lakeland Drive and Airport Road. I noticed mom hasn't been herself lately. She's been forgetful and not remembering to take her medicine. After visiting the orchard, I knew it was perfect. The orchard is Mississippi's premier continuing care retirement community, licensed in Alzheimer's and dementia care for men and women. I know she's in good hands. It's safe, convenient, and most importantly, it feels like home. For that extra peace of mind, call the orchard today for a tour. 601-856-2205 or go to orchard. OrchardRetirement.com. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Green Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> The new degree of comfort. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1-800-452-5050. That's 1-800-452-5050. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1-800-452-5050. That's 1-800-452-5050. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Details on example rate at selectquote.com.
And now that we've danced around for the hundredth time, is this, do, you, do you, ever, you ever get the feeling that there's got to be another version? Well, there's always another version of all of these songs. It's great. I don't think your head is going to be the same again, Lance. He's going to have all this stuff floating around in there for weeks on end after all of this. But that's what we do it for because it's fun. I'm happy to tell you that in, when it comes to giving ourselves a better place to live, We've got a development. The University of California, Santa Barbara, is. Uh, let, did you know this? About half of the money that we spend on energy consumption is really heating and cooling. It comes down to that. Okay, I don't care how far you drive or what you drive or how fast. Or the, it's about heating and cooling. So this development really, really could make a big difference. Uh, I love a journal named Device. Because it's going to tell me something that I want to know about. It's going to give me a device that I need to know about. In this case, this this group of Santa Barbara, UC Santa Barbara researchers have brought us a roof tile mm-hmm. in arrays. And they are arranged kind of – they, they don't look like Spanish tiles, but they have that kind of an array. They're, they're overlapping. Can lower your bills both – winter and summer without any need for electronics. What happens is the temperature of the tile itself is what makes it happen. The target temperature is about 65 degrees. They're four inches square. They have a movable surface that changes its thermal properties in response to the temperature conditions around it. And this is really, quite frankly, trying to figure out how they're going to do this came about as a result of some of those long car trips. You know, when people talk about things, well, they talked about, how come we can't figure this out? So that's where they began working on this. And they are, in, in many the same, many the similar way, if you've ever had a greenhouse vent or seen one, that opens in response, change, changes its aperture in response of the whole business, you know, whether the temperature outside and inside need to be brought closer together or maintained farther apart, that that, that vent works in, in relation to that. It operates on wax, and that's what they've been able to put into these tiles is an opportunity for this wax mechanism to give that motor, make the motor work in this way to adapt to the temperature conditions. It's brilliant. Why don't we do this? Why haven't we done this? It's just It's just really, really smart. I like it very, very much. If you want information, if you want the potting soil recipe or if you want information about the newsletter, all I need is your email. And send that to me. You can send it here or you can send it to me, mamaonair at yahoo.com. Um, either either way, that's fun. Really, really beautiful. I do love a good drone, don't you? I, I, I think I need a better drone. <laughs> Take better pictures. I have a couple of things left on my agenda today, and one of them is this this thing, this tree called broom hickory, swamp hickory, smooth bark hickory, coast nut, pig nut, sweet pig nut, and good old-fashioned pig nut hickory. This is caria, same family as pecans and hickories, but this one is caria glabra, in case you needed to know that. It's common, but it is not especially abundant. And indeed, it is drought resistant. It's a beautiful tree. This is one that I wish you would put on your list. If you have, if you like the, for example, the way a pecan tree looks in the garden, you like the shade that it makes, and you particularly like the fact that its leaves compost quickly, 
pig nut hickory is going to be that that one for you too it's a wonderful wonderful tree and one that i think we should probably grow more often especially now that i understand that we have the need to plant trees that are known for their drought tolerance and in fact in this particular case we're looking at a tree that can be grown in a re- relatively small period of time. It's it's not doesn't take a hundred years to grow this tree, so that's great. But you will see it under all these different names because it's been popular in so many different places, and that to me is the sign of a good tree. If it's been named by people everywhere it grew, it's got a little bit more game perhaps than one that that does not. So that's something I wanted you to know about. I like it because. It's not hard to identify the difference in those particular nuts is different. And, yeah, they do have a little face on them, like so many things. But one of the pieces of the puzzle is always, why would I plant this one instead of another one? Well, you would plant this one because you weren't trying to grow pecans, but you wanted a good deciduous tree with beautiful leaves, nice shade, and the interest of being a native tree. So it has greater ability to put up with the conditions in our world. And I like that. I like that very, very much. I don't know if you've ever watched very much bird action, but I got to say that jays, blue jays are some of the most fun to watch. And I, I like mockingbirds, but blue jays tend to be a little more amusing. The cardinals will sit out in the front of my uh, front of my office in the trees outside and carry on with each other, but they don't get in with the other birds too much. The jays, on the other hand, will fight with everybody for everything. And in fact... When it looks like you're seeing them do one thing, they're generally doing another. We understand that both blue jays and their friends and relatives, the crows, have the ability to hang out for, quite frankly, waiting for that next treat. We've seen the, the, the tests where they have... They can see what's inside of the box, and they have the opportunity to either get in the box or not. They will be more patient and wait for the box to open, both of them. But comparing these COVIDs, particularly for this this strangely strange behavior of theirs, figuring out how it's different from one to the other, they have found that the Jays will actually go for the less preferred option because it's there first. They'll wait to be sure they've got one that they want. But as soon as it's there, they'll get it. They won't wait for the better one to come along in the same way that the crows will. The crows will always hold out. Um, they're, they're waiting, you know, they're waiting for you to open the Andy Gator or they're waiting for you to carve the turkey. They're not going to go in and fill up on sides or give you, get, you know, drink a, a lot of things that they don't like. And that's really different in the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are going to jump in, eat the corn nuts, and frankly carry off the dressing, too, if you let them. It's pretty interesting. Now, they did not give them an opportunity to fight with each other, but they did put in other birds, and they measured their 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 work against them, and this is part of how they figured it out. It's pretty fun. Thank you, Bobby. I'll get that to you. Um, let me see. Greg, I tell you what, I don't know that I would worry with them right this minute. I would probably just clean up the branches on these asparagus ferns that have dried completely, I wouldn't repot them. I might even fertilize them a little bit and see if I can get them to go ahead and grow some more stuff because they're, they've got plenty of winter growth that's going to get trimmed off, and you're probably not quite full yet in these containers. So I would, I would give them a little bit more time to do that before I divided them. So, okay, okay. Whichever you are, you have to decide these days whether you're a blue jay or a crow. And I don't know. 
I don't know. I'm probably going to wait for my my more favored one <laughs> rather than jumping in at the first thing that looks edible. Is that is that true? Yeah, I think that's true. I have another little bit for you that I'm so happy to say has come to pass. In the same way that things you just wait, you think, well, this they did all this research and they, we've done all this work. Guess what? Maize is indeed one of the most mixed origin crops showing the most success from all of those crazy genetic components. Sometimes it comes down to we need more kinds of things, and guess what? The world can take it. Hey, we'll be back next week. Look forward to having you with me then on The Garden Mama Show. The Garden Mama Show is a production of Supertalk Mississippi Media. Download past episodes at supertalk.fm and contact Garden Mama anytime at mamaonair at yahoo.com. Thanks for choosing The Garden Mama Show. Get ready for holiday feast season with Pepto-Bismol. Uncle Derek's here with his famous fried turkey. Hey, Aunt Mary brought the mac and cheese. Donna's here with the potato salad. Pepto-Bismol provides fast, five-symptom relief for unexpected stomach upsets. So enjoy the holidays. Pepto has you covered, no matter who made the potato salad. When you have nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Pepto-Bismol. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.